Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today is October 16th, 2013. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to have Robin Webb, MS. She's an award-winning cookbook author, nutritionist, and the food editor of Diabetes Forecast. She's written well over 15 cookbooks, including a bestseller, Diabetic Meals in 30 Minutes or Less. She's also the author of a two-time award-winning bestseller, the Diabetes Comfort Food Cookbook. So we don't need to guess what our subject will be today. We will be discussing diabetes, how to manage it, how to prepare meals for it as well. So now let's welcome Robin Webb. Thank you for having me. How are you this evening? Oh, great. I'm in California. I assume that you're back in Washington, D.C.? I am back east. So it's evening here, so I suppose it's late afternoon there. But yeah, Exactly. Yes, very glad to be here. Thank you so much. Great. I always open my shows with asking my guests how they got on the path that they're on today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I'll make it short because <laughs> it's a little bit of a story. Um, I was actually raised in the hotel business, um, so food was always an interest of mine, and yet I was surrounded by people with, the, uh, with diabetes, both my mother's side and my father's side. So throughout oh. my growing up, I was surrounded by fabulous food, but yet at the same time, people really needed to take care of their diabetes. Now, I do not have diabetes, um, but I got very interested in the subject since my uh, mother side really managed it well. My father's side did not manage it well. Um, And it was just always an interest of mine. So when I decided to go to school for nutrition, um, it was one of the areas that I concentrated on. And then it was uh, back in 1996, I had owned my own business at that point for about five years. I've been in business, my own business now, almost 23 years. But back in 1996, the American Diabetes Association contacted me to do some projects for them. And then one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And um, I do most of all the food for the American Diabetes Association. I've written about 15, uh, I think this is number 16, the new book, The Smart 
Smart Shoppers Diabetes Cookbook, I think it's number 16. I've written uh, 16 books, mostly with the American Diabetes Association. And you have also introduced me as food editor of Diabetes Forecast Magazine. So it's just an interest of mine because it is a very self-management disease, and people just need to take control. And, of course, they need a good healthcare uh, team, absolutely. But a lot of it is self-management. And if I can play a small role in that, I'm really very happy to. You know, I, I just finished reading your, your new book, Smart Shopper Diabetes Cookbook, and um, I can't believe how well organized it is. The utilities, it greatly surpre- surpass, um, surpasses many of the cookbooks that I have on my own shelf. Well, thank you. I That's a very lovely it. compliment. <laughs> thank you very much. I My mind works that way. So if you were in my home, you'll see my kitchen's organized. Everything that I try to do, my writing is all organized. I'm disorganized and maybe the laundry. But uh, other than that, I'm a very <laughs> organized person. So uh, that's a, I think it reflects in, the, in my work. And I'm grateful for that trait. That is the trait that was passed down. My mother was the same way. So uh, I'm oh. very grateful to her for passing that on to me. So your book, um, it teaches readers how to basically incorporate shelf-stable foods. Why don't you talk to us about what you consider mm-hmm. a shelf-stable food? Sure. You know, it's always that it's a good place to start because you always hear and you read in the literature, you know, always just shop the perimeter of the store. That's where all the healthy items are. Well, of course, yes, the produce department is healthy. But people miss out on the aisles thinking that all that's in there is processed food and processed meaning junk. You know, a can mm-hmm. of beans is still technically processed, but it's healthy for you. So a lot of people forget that the Inner aisles are filled with wonderful healthy things like brown rice, like I said, canned beans. You know, we, we stress also BPA, free canning, um, dried lentils and beans, uh, whole wheat grain pastas, mustards, vinegars, olive oils. There's all kinds of great stuff, spices in those aisles that you can put together a meal. And the nice thing about learning how to properly stock your pantry is, and you, you can tell me if you've ever had this experience, but you'll you know, pull out a recipe you're all excited about, and then you notice you don't have four of the pantry items that it's called for. And then you get frustrated. All the time. It's, too late to, right, it's too late to go to the grocery store. So you go, oh, forget it. And then you might call for pizza. And that's what I want to prevent people from doing. So the shelf staple section is actually, I'm glad you brought it up first, because it's actually the largest section of the book, and with good reason. It's really to train people how to have a good pantry um, and have everything stocked up, because wouldn't it be lovely if you could just open up your pantry and say, I choose this, 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 and this, and I can actually make a meal out of it. So that's Mm -hmm. one of the four sections. And then the remaining sections of the book include how to shop successfully from the frozen food department, how to shop successfully from the deli, and the salad bar. And uh, frozen foods, a lot of people think, oh, well, there's just you know, lean cuisine in there. No, there's a lot of other good things that are healthy, unprocessed, that really work well for making meals. And even the deli and salad bar are so different from when I remember being a child and those things first came into supermarkets. It is so different now. You can get very clean-tasting, preservative-free, 
free, nitrate-free, lean proteins in the deli. You can get fabulously cut, beautiful salad uh, bar offerings that are replaced, you know, every hour. Um, so I really believe if you, this is a unique book for me because it kind of teaches people how to really get organized and not feel obligated to chop, dice, and do everything from scratch. And I'm a big believer. I'm also a culinary instructor, so you know, I teach the, the you know, really the basics of how to do it all, how to chop, how to dice, how to do everything from scratch. But I'm also a realist, and I know that for some mm-hmm. people, even if they have the skills, they don't feel like doing it all the time. So this book gives a nice alternative. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably a good example of someone who dislikes grocery shopping. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, really? that's good. We should shop together. That's a, that's a good thing. And you're from California, so that probably helps a lot, too. You have fabulous food out there, and everything's so fresh. Mm-hmm. So it's probably great fun for you to go, go to the store as well. That's great. So give me an example of, say, how would one start to put together their um, shelf-stable foods in a way that they could throw, you know, a couple of recipes together? Sure, sure. Well, I think you also have to realize, too, I'm going to, like, in the book I say, these are my ideas. So you have to, you know, look at your family or if you're by yourself. You know, what do you like? I mean, if you're somebody who doesn't like canned tomatoes, then, you know, don't buy canned tomatoes. But look at what some of, I always tell people, start looking at your own likes and looking at the food program that you're currently following, you know, what you need, what you know, as a person with diabetes, you know, if it's something that you have to keep, you know, low fat or you're cutting on your, down on your carbohydrates or keeping lower salt, wherever your direction may be, that will probably mm-hmm. dictate a lot of your choices. And then what I tell people to do is simply go through, just have fun one day. If you have like a, even 20 minutes, go through your local supermarket and go through all the canned products and, and shelf-staple bag products and really look inside there because a lot of people just, you know, they go to the grocery store, it's a 10-minute rush, they don't even know what's on offer. And see if anything appeals to you. And you say, you know, those diced tomatoes with Italian herbs, now that looks good. I think I'll stock up on that. I love brown rice. I think I'll try that. Uh, mm-hmm. can Beans I like. I'll think I'll try that. So, you know, it's it's a matter of going to what you would use and then really taking some inventory what your store has to offer. Um, and I would, you know, in the book I give suggestions of, of, of what is indispensable to me. I mean, I can't live in a kitchen without olive oil or, or beans or whole grains. I mean, those are real staple and great vinegars and mm-hmm. those are great staples for me, but they may not be for you. So I think the chapters, I'm glad you brought the question up because I think the chapter really just gives people a guideline to if they have no idea, they can start. And then if they find out, you know, that same can of tomatoes has really been sitting there and they're really not that interested in using it, then they'll know. You know, they'll just get to know themselves better, and it may not really be part of the repertoire, or they find the opposite. Oh, my God, I'm running out of it so much. This is definitely going to be a staple in my kitchen. So it's a little bit of experimentation. What do you think everybody should keep in their pantry? Well, again, 
I think it's going to be an individual choice. However, I think for flavor, definitely some a, a nice collection and a small collection of herbs and spices that you will use. I tell people don't mm-hmm. do the opposite and go crazy because then sometimes you'll you know you'll buy an, a, a spice or an herb and it's about 25 years later and you open up your closet and it's still there, you know, <laughs> half used, right? So don't go too nuts. Um, but choose a few of them. So at least you have some flavor. And then mm-hmm. um, for me, again, I love olive oil. I love flavored oils like walnut oil, hazelnut oil, just to drizzle over mm-hmm. a salad. I love fabulous vinegars. These are foods that will last a, a good while in your pantry, great mm-hmm. mustards. Um, so those kinds of things are the basics that I think that people should at least have for flavor. It's the most common complaint that we hear from people with diabetes because they are restricting, you know, things that do contribute flavor like sugar, fat, and salt. You know, so once they first start experimenting with perhaps a new way of cooking, they can be left with a little bit of blandness. So I suggest mm-hmm. if you have things that are appropriate for managing diabetes, like mustards and vinegars, um, they can go a long way to improving the taste of the food and making everybody much happier. Is there any particular spice you use more often than not? Oh, boy, I use everything. Um, I, I grow fresh herbs, so um, on the herbal mm. side of things, I actually don't do a lot in the dried form, but in spice mm. form. I'm trying to think. Probably my, my favorite spices, I lean a little bit into the Indian spices, um, cayenne, turmeric. I even go into some of the real – I, I don't even know if I put in the book. I think I might have one recipe. Um, I go into some of the Indian spice blends like garam masala, uh, which is a blend of five different spices. It's wonderful. Um, what I do suggest for some people is to actually go into spice blends rather than a singular spice. So then it can take mm-hmm. care of a lot of flavor components all at one time and you haven't done anything. Um, you know, it's already mixed up for you. So that might be mm-hmm. something that people can start with. Okay. So let's talk about grocery shopping. Um, sometimes it can be really stressful because you have a limited amount of time you get off work and you're charging in there. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you organize your shopping so that you know it's more enjoy- <laughs> it's a more enjoyable? More experience. enjoyable, yeah, exactly. If that's, if that's well, possible, <laughs> if it's possible, it's yeah, I think it will make it possible. I one thing to do is to a lot of people rush in. Go, oh my God, I don't have anything for dinner, and they rush in and it's and it's frantic and they spend too much money and it's, it's it really is disorganized. So I would tell people if they could spend and and even set a timer if you need to do this. Spend like 15 to 20 minutes every week at your wherever you are, your computer, your kitchen table, wherever you want mm-hmm. to do this, and actually write out a few foods. You don't have to write out the whole menu for the week. You don't have to be that elaborate. But write out a few things you probably would like to cook that week. And it may be only two things, and you're content with leftovers. Get it down on paper first. And don't go to the grocery store unless you really have some kind of organized list. It's a very rare person, and I give kudos to that person who can think it right out of their head. I mean, most mm-hmm. chefs can walk, a lot of chefs can walk into a market and say, oh, the tomatoes look good. I think I'll make this fabulous pomodoro sauce. But most of us don't live in that world. Um, so we <laughs> need direction, you know. So if, if we had a piece of paper in our hand, that would help a lot to organize. And then what I tell people, I know that there's a thousand commitments every minute of the day but if you could shop 
really put it in your book almost like an appointment. It may sound like, oh, you're right, how am I ever going to do that given everything else I have to do? But you know what? Sometimes your health really does need to be a priority, and grocery shopping is a part of that. And especially, I'll ask people, well, do you make time to go exercise? Yeah. Do you make time to take your vitamins? Yeah. Do do you make time to have breakfast? Yeah. Well, you know what? Grocery shopping isn't anything different. It's all part of the same thing. And if you organize, the truth is you'll be in and out of the grocery store even faster. You know, if you go Mm -hmm. in... you might have experienced this yourself. If you go in and you just stand there in the middle of the aisle and go, oh, my God, I don't know what to buy. You know, you're wasting your time and, and your effort and your brain power. Um, just have it written down on paper, and you'll probably get in and out of that store much more efficiently. So, you know, a little upfront time saves you time in the long run. You know, um, you give your readers a list of helpful cooking suggestions. Um, what ingredients? should cooks be using more often than not? Well, let's see. What ingredients? Oh, boy. I would just probably, you know, it's 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 really a matter, of, especially for people with diabetes, you know, to go for the, you know, the freshest food possible, to really rely on, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, um, beans, whole grains, really cut down on saturated fat. So things like, you know, trying to not eat as much animal protein if they can help it. But you know what? I, I still think within a well-rounded diet, there's lots of room for lots of different foods. Um, I always say if you can't pronounce it on a box and it's got many ingredients and you're tripping over your words reading it, it's time to put it back on the shelf. You know, if it doesn't have much <laughs> packaging like an apple – you know, it's probably going to be all right. So, you know, some of it is a little bit of, of common sense to really look at something. And, you know, most people know. I think a lot of people get so confused that, that's, that they start to question their own judgment. And I always say, mm-hmm. don't do that. Go, you know, you're a smart person. Go with what you know. And if you need help, that's fine. But a lot of people start second-guessing themselves because they read mm-hmm. some histrionic headline like, oh, no, you know, um, beans cause you to gain weight or something, you know, something ridiculous like that. And rather than watch every headline, um, really trust yourself. Um, and I, I, people are smart enough to know, you know, what is probably healthy and what is probably not. So for diabetics, the, their challenges are, are um, reduction of sugars, Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? Well, at the American Diabetes Association, we actually say, and actually the new nutrition guidelines just came out two days ago. They revise them every several years. And what we oh. have found is that really there are many paths to managing a person with di- uh, for a person to manage their diabetes. A person can be vegan. A person can be vegetarian. They could be eat low-fat animal product. They can have an ethnic-centered diet. It all can work. The basic tenets, though, have always remained the same, and that is to include, of course, vegetables and fruit and whole grains and watching your saturated fat and keeping sodium to a minimum. But there are many paths. I have some clients who are very successful managing their diabetes, and they're vegans. I have many clients who are successful managing their diabetes, and they have fish in their diet. So, it, you know, it, it depends upon how everybody's different. Everybody is really, mm-hmm. 
Everybody is a snowflake, you know. There, no two are alike, and you have to find something that's comfortable for you. So we're very, very careful at ADA, American Diabetes Association, to, to not give out, you must do this and you must do that. There are guidelines to follow. We highly, highly stress that you see a qualified professional, such as an RD or CDE, or an RD who has her CDE, um, that's certified diabetes educator, to really, these are uh, women and men who are completely trained in the area of diabetes, who can work out something that will work for you. Everyone, again, Mm -hmm. is very different. And um, the management of diabetes, though, is a day-to-day management. It needs to incorporate exercise, of course, following your medical professional's advice, if there is any medications and or insulin. Um, And and it's not easy. You know, that's one of the things about diabetes. It's, you know, it's a self-management disease. So it is not easy. I mean, the last person to tell, you know, just follow everything and you'll be fine. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. Have you found over the years there's any specific diet that's been more successful with diabetes patients than others? Uh, no, not necessarily. You know, it, it, over the years, there people have tried different things, and the end result comes out almost the same. Um, you know, uh, they are, there is a little bit of an emphasis leaning more towards the area of vegetarianism with it, but it's not mm-hmm. definitive. Um, every, again, everybody's really different, and ADA is just really very careful not to profess you must do this or must do that. And mm-hmm. so far, you know, people have had success on all different levels. What would you say is the percentage of diabetics that have been successful with um, strictly um, nutritional avenues versus medications for their well, disease management? Well, that's hard. I don't have the statistics personally. I don't know that information. I'm sure that information mm-hmm. can be found. But, um, you know, I think as a first preventative, there are people who are diagnosed, you know, early and you know, early enough yeah, pre, with diabetes. Pre-diabetic. Yeah, uh-huh. and early enough, and that people can and they take it very seriously and can do real well managing it through nutrition and exercise alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, of course, you know, who wants to take medication? You know, anybody who said, "Oh yeah, bring on the medication." I mean, most people don't want to take medication. Um, and I've seen many people not ever have to take medication, which is a blessing, which is wonderful. Mm. Um, and there are people who do need it as well. So I'm not, a, you know, if you need it and it has to be done, it may have mm-hmm. to be done. Um, I've never been one who said, you know, stay away from medication or medication's evil. Um, if it has to be done, it mm-hmm. has to be done. But, you know, firstly, of course, you want to just think logically. What you put in your body is going to absolutely make a difference. And when you and if you exercise, it will absolutely make a difference. And stress management will make a difference. It will all make a difference. And if you need an extra push from medication, and if that really is, helps, then that's what helps. And I think that people really need to realize they need to do everything in their power to manage diabetes because there's just too many complications complications involved with it. And if you can do everything in your power to uh, live successfully with it, it's great. That would be great. I know that when you go into the grocery store and you pick up an item and you look at the ingredients label, mm-hmm. it can really be confusing. A lot, a lot of those ingredients you don't even know what they are. <laughs> right. And you know what, Denise, why even bother to figure them out, really? If it's something that doesn't exist naturally, 
and it's mm-hmm. something by sakalada baba baba bop. You know, why would <laughs> you know why even try to figure out what that is? Who would want to? So if you if you really get a product huh? that says right, put it back. You know, if it's a product that says apples water. I guess most of us know what an apple is, and we, most of us know what water is. So right. you know, that's probably an okay product. But anything that you you go, huh, you probably don't want to pick up, so I would put it back on the shelf. And everything in my book <laughs> is really that way. None of it, it would, you know, it's all, you know, canned beans, whole wheat pasta. Yeah. You know, nothing that, yeah. you know, that is unfamiliar to anybody. That's true. All the ingredients in your book are very holistic. Yes. And I and I think I make a good point too because a lot of people don't realize, and I love your word holistic, that you can use it. People can eat holistically and yet have some convenience involved. I think that some people believe that they have to live on a farm, drag out everything organic every day, and I mean that's a lovely lovely thing to do. And I know that Mm -hmm. I personally know people who do it, but I don't write for those people. I write for the people who are really struggling and who live in metropolitan cities and who do have four jobs and are trying to manage their diabetes and don't have a lot of time and have children and have spouses and have obligations. And, you know, there comes a reality when they can't, you know, make their own homemade granola, you know. So, you know, and while that's a lovely thought, I really tried in the book, to show people, yes, but still, you know what? Your supermarket still has some things that are good for you, are holistic for you, and that are probably just as good as you growing it yourself. Yeah, um, just to give our listeners a little taste of what is in your book. For instance, she has a chicken thighs and apricot port mustard glaze mm-hmm. recipe, and this can be achieved with preparation time of 15 minutes and a cooking time of 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And all her ingredients are rather simplistic. I mean, skinless chicken, salt, pepper, olive oil, garlic cloves, port wine, and mustard. That's it. And there's Now, if you can make a meal with, with those simple ingredients and it tastes fabulous, what more would you ask for? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing. Port wine is port wine. You know, it's uh, chicken is chicken, you know. And I do, and I, I actually do recommend organic chicken whenever you can. I know it's maybe a little bit more expensive, but it actually really tastes very, very good. So if you can do that, that's a, that's is there, a, that's a little bit Is there a bonus. difference in taste? I mean, I eat organic almost, you know, as often as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And then I also will eat. You know, in restaurants where, you know, you get right. chicken as chicken. But typically right. that chicken is, it has a lot of spices on it, a lot of sauces on it. So I can't really distinguish the difference in taste. Right, right. I Well, I notice a difference if I bring chicken from one store that's not organic and one store that is. I, I actually personally do notice a difference. So I like to serve it in my own home. And mm. I actually don't cook that much, even though the rest of the book has a lot of, chicken recipes in my own home I don't eat chicken every day um it seems like I may because there's a lot in there but I don't eat it every single day um I eat a lot of beans <laughs> but um what anyway. type of beans do you eat I'm just curious oh, I eat everything everything under the sun you name it I've eaten it <laughs> so, take quite a while to prepare 
You know, you have to well, soak them a lot of time right. for hours. In either in my, right. In my book, I, I do suggest just buying the canned ones, and we do suggest always looking for BPA-free, you know, cans, because mm-hmm. there is a lot of evidence to support question, questioning BPA cans. So if you could do that, then it makes it a lot simpler. And I eat every bean under the sun. So um, you name it. It's probably also in the book. Um, so, and I'm just a big believer in them. They taste yummy, and I just, I, I, they're, they're so versatile. So, um, yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure you know you eat organic a lot because you. And that's, it's good that you're from California because you know it just shows that also parts of the parts of the country, you know, have a little bit sometimes have more advantages than others. You know, which is not the end of the world. You know, it, what what helps is when one state is a little bit more progressive. It kind of nudges the other states to get aggressive too. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. great. I mean, California has set, has always, I've always admired California because it has always set the standards that eventually make them what, their way out east. But it's always California who starts it, you know. And so when, you, when you're doing, when organics are out there and interesting vegetables are out there, they will eventually get themselves here. So I, I owe a lot to California um, because – you guys set the trends, and then it allows me and my work to start talking about these things when they're available here. Yeah, I think um, we even just recently tried to set the trend on um, genetically modified foods mm-hmm. where we had something up in the legislature, but it didn't pass. It was a bill that mm-hmm. we tried to get pushed through, but it didn't pass. Mm-hmm. But it definitely opened the subject to mm-hmm. a lot of other states. Mm-hmm. And now there seems to be fairly decent movement toward toward um, labeling of GMO foods. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, you know, <coughs> the subject is very convoluted and very complicated. Um, the the I, I don't know all the research, and I'm not a nutrition researcher, so I don't spend hours in a day, which I think it does really take, to sift through all of that information to make sense of it. So mm-hmm. I don't really talk about it that much, and if something is GMO-free, it's probably fine. If something has GMO in it, I, to this point, I don't know if I'm going to damage my health. Um, you know, I'd rather people remain consistent with the nutrition principles, at least that we know right now and we have definitive information about. And again, that goes back to everything that's in my book and everything that we profess for people with diabetes is eating, you know, a lower fat food program, uh, eating program, and uh, that includes fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains and real food and you know, and consistently doing it. And I underline the word consistent. And that's what I hope that the book achieves is that people can see that stocking your home and going to the grocery store, I, I try to cut down some of the barriers to all of it so that people can become consistent. You know, it's one thing, you probably get this all the time when you, when you have your guests on, uh, that may talk about how people just run from one program to the other and then they do it with such gusto and they're all excited about it, only to do it for like a month and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, my book is about a system and it's about a strategy and it's about a way to to do this so that you can keep up with it. Um, and that's what really matters is the consistency. True. Um, before we go further in the show, why don't you let listeners know where they can um, purchase your book? 
Sure, absolutely. There's two ways to get the book. Well, there's many ways, but I'll give you the easiest ways. Um, one is certainly <laughs> through Amazon, so Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. The second is to go to the American Diabetes um, Association's website and go to Shop Diabetes, just put shop, the word shop and diabetes uh, altogether, uh, .org. And um, what's great about writing for the American Diabetes Association that I have, this is why I write for them, uh, not only because I love everybody over there, but um, is that the money goes to research, and this is what we need. We we have, you know, when I first started in the arena of diabetes, I can't tell you how leaps and bounds we have found out more information nutrition-wise, medication-wise, lifestyle-wise, and how to manage. If you think about the years previous and even long ago, there wasn't even such a thing as insulin. So we've made tremendous strides, tremendous progress. And, um, you know, the money that people spend on our books that are published by the American Diabetes Association really go to good. So that's uh, not only do I get a chance to express my own talent, but I really feel good about what I'm doing and helping mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very rewarding. It's very rewarding. So most most shoppers think that the deli section is just for sandwich fillings. I know I do mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what other ways do you suggest people use these deli meats to prepare mm-hmm. their salads well, first, or right. meals? Mm-hmm. First, I always tell people, make sure, now don't buy from a deli counter if it's all full of nitrates and it's pressed turkey and it's overly salted. I mean, just, you know, skip it. Just, you know, or don't go to that particular one. But always look for, like, I know a lot of the delis and supermarkets here in the Virginia area where I live actually have an actual roast beef in there that we know that has been just cooked, an actual turkey breast that has been cooked. So look for those things first. And then in my book, for example, um, one of my favorite recipes in there is my Italian um, turkey, which is you use it's, – it's enhancing crushed tomatoes with olives and capers and some wine and onion and garlic and then adding some cubed, low-sodium, nitrate-free um, turkey cubes. And it's actually a little bit more soft than cubes, which is really nice. It has a touch of basil at the very end, and then you can serve it over whole grain pasta or brown rice or some other grain you might be interested in. And it's just a nice way that the flavors get absorbed into the turkey, and then you don't have to go and sauteing any meat or cooking you know, raw meat if you don't want to. It's already done for you. Um, so those are some, that's one example. I really enjoy that recipe um, because it just enhances, oh, this is a brand new way I can use deli meat. Um, and then I have, it's actually a sandwich, but it goes beyond the conventional most people think of, you know, just slapping two pieces of bread with some meat in, in the center. My roast beef roll-ups are really nice. I do a nice little sauce that goes with it and some vegetables with some very lean, you know, I again, I tell people to look for a roast beef that looks like a roast beef. Um, all rolled up in a whole wheat tortilla. It's just something different. So I think that the deli section can provide some great things. Not only the deli meats, but a lot of delis already have prepared salsa that is lovely. They'll tell you what's in it. Most of the delis, at least around here, you know, it's just all fresh ingredients. It's tomatoes and it's onions and Mm -hmm. it's jalapeno peppers and cilantro and they've done it for you in the store and you can ask for a sample. Maybe you don't like the canned stuff and maybe you don't want to make your own. I have a recipe for a baked chicken in there with, with salsa and it's great. You can just pick it up there and it's done and you don't have to worry about it. So, 
you know, look around your deli, and there's some little pieces here mm-hmm. and there. Like sometimes the even the hummus in the deli is nicely made, a small amount of it, done fresh, better than the pre-done stuff. Maybe you don't want to make it yourself. And so sometimes the deli provides some nice things because they don't really keep things hanging around in that deli case for very long. You know, it's in a clear yeah, case. True. You can't, you can't mm-hmm. sell over, you know, over uh, wrought food. So, you know, they do keep it pretty fresh. And like I always say, you know, get to know your departments. You know, th- these are people, mm-hmm. too, who are interested in the business. You know, get to know the deli manager. Get to know the grocery store manager. Get to know the produce department manager. Get to know these people. Because they'll tell you what's in food. A lot, and a lot of days, these grocery stores, the people who work in them are extremely proud of what they do, um, like a Whole Foods or Harris Teeters or Wegmans. I mean, they're really, really proud of what they do. And talking to them, they get a thrill out of it. So I would tell people, talk to, talk to them, ask them what's in their food. They'll tell you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up next month, that some of the recipes in your your book um, are very uh, will be very good with leftover turkey. Absolutely, I have a turkey um, and cranberry salad in there, um, which makes use of turkey. And it and you can even use you don't have to use even though it's in the deli section of the book. If you have leftover mm-hmm. turkey from a roast that you already made, just substitute the deli turkey that I had in there and just use your fresh roasted, and you have a great recipe. So, you know, a lot of these things, too, the book isn't written in stone. You know, I tell people in the salad bar section, for example, I have a lot of things that are already cut up. But if you can't find cut up cabbage, okay, so you cut it yourself. You know, there's a few, but it gives you an idea. It gives you an idea and a direction to go in. I like that um, the book offers a complete five-day menu planner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's according to three different calorie levels. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. clever, really. Yeah, we actually, that portion of the book was done by one of our staff uh, dietitians who actually took all of my recipes and formulated it into a food program. So in addition for people who are really following a food program, I know a lot of people buy my book who don't even have diabetes, but they do it for mm-hmm. everything else because the book is appropriate for heart disease, weight control. It's just appropriate for delicious food, period. Um, but yes. for, especially for the people who really do need a program and really can't think of what to do, or maybe their mm-hmm. own health professional you know, gave them something, but it may be a little bit too limited, or they mm-hmm. really want to take the recipes that are in the book and incorporate it into a whole program. We did this especially for that purpose. And we've gotten, and thank you for bringing it up, Denise, because we've gotten a lot of nice comments of people saying, I love it. You know, your recipe's put right in there, and then it all works, and I have suggestions of what to go with it, and I don't have to rack my brain, and it's wonderful. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, so, it is, because, yeah. because you break down each meal by the co- the calorie content, the cholesterol, sodium, potassium, right. sugars. Right. It right. makes it really easy. Right. Yeah, we and just want to make everything easy. Yeah. <clears throat> it's hard enough like I said to have diabetes and it's not and it's not easy period to manage it, but if I can make any piece of it easier, it is absolutely my pleasure to do so. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. Uh, zucchini pancakes. I've never had zucchini pancakes. Sounds mm-hmm. great, though. Is it along the lines of zucchini bread without the sugar? <laughs> exactly. You've got exactly. sugar-free syrup. Mm-hmm. Oh, and unsweetened applesauce. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And, you know, and it's great that you brought up some of the products that are actually the dietitian actually put together in, in the menu planning section because you'll find a lot of the products today too that are you know lower in fat and lower in sugar are so much better well made than they used to be. They uh-huh. used to be very limited companies that would produce these products because the demand wasn't there and so it wasn't very good. But now you've got some beautiful no sugar jams, you've got some lovely sugar free syrups, you've got some really lovely products now that I find perfectly acceptable. Mhm. Mhm. How does this cookbook differ from your previous ones? Because you've written so many. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a little a little bit different because I absolutely concentrate on the market, and then it's really a systematic way of how to shop and think in in, okay. in an organized way. Um, some of my other books, uh, the previous book to this, which was a two-time award winner, the Diabetes Comfort Food Cookbook, which is a stunning, stunning book, and the photography just, uh, every time I look at it, I can't even believe it's my food. Um, Well, I can't believe, but it's just, they did such a great job on it. Um, That book was all totally about comfort food. Um, So it was some food that took longer, uh, some things that took a little longer to prepare and whatnot, but beautiful food, but it was all just the theme of just pure comfort food. Um, My very, very first book that I wrote with ADA was a timed book. It was Diabetic Meals in 30 Minutes or Less. So everything had to be prepared from beginning to scratch, uh, from from beginning to end in in 30 minutes or less. So I always like to pick a theme. And for me as an author, um, it really helps me to focus in on what I'm doing so that the book doesn't become an unwieldy collection of just some recipes. Um, so I always pick something. And this, if you look around at people's needs, there's always a need in so many different areas. People love comfort food. People love food that doesn't take that long. People want to be organized. So luckily I'm coming up with enough ideas. I don't know about the next one. I'm running out. Of, I may be running out of ideas. <laughs> but um, so far um. it has kept me going. I think that the uh, photography in this book is exceptional. It is. It really is. I have some of the best photography, the, the best photography team in, in D.C. Two wonderful ladies, Renee Comet, who is the photographer, Lisa Tricaski, who is the, the lead food stylist, and they just capture what I do. It's amazing. I work with them for so long, they can almost finish my sentences. I mean, they just know my food. It's comfortable mm-hmm. to them. We know what to do with it, um, and I'm very blessed to have them. And I'm, I'm glad because – and all the food, it, that what you see is what you get. There is no trickery done at all. Mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. those, when you make it at home, that's what it should look like as well. Maybe without maybe the lights on them, but, but still, um, it should absolutely look like that. And we love to do pictures and photographs so that people really get a sense of, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. Okay. So I'm very, very lucky, and uh, those ladies are just outstanding. That's great. Mm. So for um, for our listeners who've been diagnosed with diabetes mm-hmm. and who might have additional questions, mm-hmm. where do you recommend they go? 
Well, absolutely to the American Diabetes Association website. So that's okay. diabetes.org. That would be the very first stop to look. And there are so many resources. The truth is you probably don't even need to go much out of that. Um, there are so many resources available. Um, that is the main site. And then the magazine I write for, Diabetes Forecast Magazine, uh, I highly recommend that people join the American Diabetes Association because with their membership they get a subscription to the magazine. Not only are my recipes in there, but all kinds of every subject you can imagine, everything from meters, um, yeah, you know, to take your glucometers, you can take your, your blood sugar, to legislation that's important, and it just we really cover every subject. And then um, all of the books that are available from the American Diabetes Association are advertised on uh, the website, they're advertised in the magazine, and there are so many wonderful authors, and there's other cookbook authors besides myself that are just dynamite, and I would highly, highly recommend that they do it. Um, and I, I recommend the American Diabetes Association because it is, it is the most solid scientific research that we give. Um, while mm-hmm. there's a lot of theories out there, and I'm, you know, I'm all one for experimenting a little bit, um, but you know, we've done all the research, and it's all solid, and it's all truthful, and certainly people will make their own adjustments. Um, but there's a lot of crazy, as you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there on the internet, and uh, <laughs> you want to be careful of what you believe. That's so. True. That's some of true. it can be, and some of it can be dangerous. So besides writing, where else do you delegate your time? Uh, where else do I delegate my time? Um, well, I have a business here in Alexandria, Virginia. I've had for uh, 23 years. Um, so I have a private practice as a nutritionist, and I see clients to work on their food and the issues that challenge them. Um, I also teach culinary classes. I teach privately in my clients' homes, and I design individualized programs for them. Oh, that's as well exciting. As I- yeah, it is. And I also teach publicly uh, right now. I only teach – every year I align myself with one public area because I'm that busy. I, I can't teach all the time. But um, I teach now for uh, Living Social uh, downtown Washington, D.C. Uh, at 918 F Street. That's the name of their building. And I'm teaching some classes down there, which is really, really fun. And um, and then ADA takes up a lot of my time, and, and I'm, mm-hmm. it's my pleasure to do so with it. Uh, as food editor of the magazine, I've got to get the magazine ready every month. And then my books take up a lot of time, as, as you can imagine. And um, so I'm very busy. And I was, believe it or not, I was even busier years ago. My 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 darling husband has retired about now three years ago. So I'm trying to spend a little more time with him if I can. So that's my way of balancing my health. I can't be all work. Oh, I have to have a little that's bit of fun too. So yeah, that's true. So if our listeners want to to get a hold of you, how do you sure. do that? Absolutely. Probably the best way um, I can give you is, believe it or not, uh, let's see, let's, uh, well, I'll give you two. They can either email me. I have no problem with anybody emailing me. It's uh, just my name. It's Robin, R-O-B-Y-N-W-E-B-B, run all together, AOL.com. And the other, for those people who do participate in social media, I am all over it, um, and I do enjoy it. And it's uh, the best way is probably through Twitter, and that's at my name, Robin Webb, and again, Robin with a Y, and they can feel free to contact me that way. Did you leave a phone number? 
Um, let's see. Do the people do people pick up phones anymore? <laughs> um, I guess it, <laughs> they do occasionally. Well, you know, it, it's probably easier to contact me through an email or through Twitter. Okay. Because the phone okay. just sometimes I don't even get to I get to those much quicker than my phone. I'm probably that guilty of that as like anyone else these days. I don't talk on the phone very much anymore. So uh, Okay. Not that that's a bad <laughs> well, thing. We're but. lucky to have you. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Well, congratulations on your your book, The Smart Shopper Diabetes Cookbook. And uh, I want to personally thank you for taking time out of your your busy evening to talk with us and educate us. My pleasure. And and we sincerely hope that you continue your wonderful work in the Diabetes Association. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you just keep doing what you're doing out there in California. Keep sending everything our way. I appreciate <laughs> the uh, the innovativeness of uh, California. Okay. My, my stepchildren live out there, so I uh, oh. I get out there as much as I can. And uh, it's always lovely. And I never have to worry about what I'm going to choose to eat. There's always something good. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Robin. Oh, Take my care. pleasure. Absolutely. Anytime. Okay. Thank you, uh, listeners. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday for our next show. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at healthmedianow and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? Thank you, listeners. I just wanted to remind you that the entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise Messenger and her guests. The information on the radio show is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional, and it's not intended as medical advice. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information. We encourage you to make your own health care decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified health care professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Thank you again and have a wonderful evening.